Good morning and welcome to the Preventing Grace podcast. It's February 27th. It's the first full week of Lent. And we're being joined by the cat. It's going to come and sneeze on us and purr loudly. Just be friendly. I, she sleeps on my face so relentlessly that I now like regularly dream about, I have long dreams where I'm like carrying a large cat and that's your, that's your Facebook page. Yeah. But yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> like it's exhausting and the dreams go on and on and like the cat gets bigger as you go. <laughs> and it, I, I, one dream that, our street is like all torn up because they're repaving and I'm teetering along an edge holding an enormous cat. <laughs> and she kept, she keeps like, she'll be on you, but then she's like trying to colonize me. She'll like reach, reach her paw out and start, what does she do? She like kneads your skin mm-hmm. with just one claw so that you have to pet her. Or yeah. she won't stop, if you right? stop petting her, she just puts one claw just gently <laughs> sort of wakes you up to dig you, dig into your skin. She's so friendly. I've literally never had a cat that this was that was like, um, I will sleep on your face. <laughs> like, I really despise her. No, you don't. I do. I do. And all of the cats we had. I don't like any. I mean, any of the last cats that we night had. you like pet a cat, Lucy, the old cat, for a really long time. Well, she wouldn't. She's she like, gets up on my. I mean, she doesn't. They don't let you not do that. It's, yeah, we have a cat, a cat named Lucy now, who from a, belongs to somebody, and I guess she belongs to us, unless anybody wants a really nice old cat. She's not that old. She's not young either. If anybody wants to be the the rest home of a of a lovely cat, you should just let us know. I thought she was going to come sit here. So, I don't think this is the topic of our podcast this morning no um we could go on talking about cats for for a while but um we could talk about something else what's on your mind this week i feel like there's been a lot of news and um things that could be talked about i i don't know um there's still stuff about the asbury revival oh i got I got a message from somebody saying oh, that say? um, somebody from my school where I grew up in Africa has actually um, been involved with organizing the worship. And there, did you read that message? Yeah, well, yeah. You, you, but I didn't quite understand. Uh, um, no, uh, one of your other friends from the, your school wrote me and said that that was the case. And then he said, I see you too. Um but uh, that's that's interesting because we were talking about your school and comparing it yeah. the worship at your school. We were comparing it to what What's happening? issues in revivalism. <laughs> so so so, but I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know that. I I, I should just watch. It's it's over now, but I should go back and watch the tapes of like the you know, sermon to, and the... to see what was going on. Yeah, I didn't. I don't. I I, don't, I feel I did. We did the Stand from podcast on it, and we talked about it. And all I can really offer are general 
general thoughts and feelings. Principles with regard to, <laughs> to revivalism and what it is and what it's not. I mean, I think, I think the Stan Firm podcast actually did, they, um, we started talking about Jonathan Edwards and what, and uh, his uh, criteria for recognizing a true revival versus false one, <clears throat> which I forgot. Yeah, I can't remember what they are. <laughs> Obviously, that's a big part of our, yeah. um, you know, religious affections is religious praying affections. for yeah, <laughs> praying yeah. for a revival. <laughs> I don't think I've ever prayed for a revival. No, because I, I mean, I guess I just, I mean, I, that, so I've been in rooms where people were praying for a revival, but I wasn't praying yeah. for it myself. I was thinking about the large cat I was going to have to carry around later. <laughs> well, Anglicans are traditionally suspicious of such things because because not because we're bad bad it's because we're bad no it's because we have we we have we recognize the promises of jesus in the court in the in the ordinary means of grace so the communion sermon readings gathering together jesus is always doing something there so so the need for revival is we don't know i just i guess it depends what you mean do you mean like lots of conversions sure let's pray for that um we do pray for that. Yeah. But so, I mean, I guess on the Stanford podcast, we're saying like, so if, like, if, if, if on a, on a Sunday, um, we had 75% of the people who uh, at church suddenly have, a, they were nominal, let's say they're nominal and they just have, have a conversion experience. Well, we, we weren't doing anything different than we normally do. It's just like just happened. Right. I would begin to classify that as, as a, a revival, I guess, like sudden, God, God moving in lots of people' heart, lots of people's hearts at the same time to bring them to faith or to, or to renew their lapsing faith. I guess that's what. But but then but it's not. I mean, I wouldn't say it's what people. I think what do people? What is that? What they? Is that what you think people mean by revivalism? I'm not sure. I can't remember because I was on the. Franklin, when we this community brought Franklin Graham here. Yes, yes, yes. And I was on the because they needed diversity. I was on the steering committee. I was very, very pregnant, and I was a woman. Right. Those two things <laughs> have to be. Yeah. I know that some they go together. Not every. <laughs> I was a birthing person on the Franklin, <laughs> and I. I had a profound, so that was super interesting because we weren't really, we were new here. And so I didn't know, it was a great way to meet other people and find out what the other churches were like. And um, and there were a lot of promises made about how it was going to change this community. Yeah, I remember that. And <clears throat> so I was kind of excited, like, yeah, the whole Binghamton's going to be made better because everybody's going to suddenly believe in Jesus. I mean, I... And I wanted I wanted to get Shepherd like, to be involved in it because at the time we were still like there were still people who didn't know Jesus. Yeah. Shepherd, a lot of so we were really disappointed at the end of it though because we had spent the two or three years what that we'd been here catechizing our teaching the people mm -hmm. that were here about Jesus and doing basic mm -hmm. Christian um, teaching and ma making them into Christians and it was a uphill slog but people were starting to understand the basics of the mm -hmm. Christian faith. And so our people were like, yeah, let's go. We're going to, 
And then you well, had to do a course before. Yeah. And the course that they gave us, we were really excited about it, turned out to be more basic. And then there was this like, oh, well, we we actually do know this stuff. So right. we thought we were going to learn some amazing things. And then we didn't learn too many amazing, amazing things. things. And then the community of Binghamton was not overawed by, in fact, it was a huge cultural clash. Yeah. Franklin Graham came and did a sermon, a true, correct, orthodox sermon to call people to faith in which he talked about hell. But there were so many words that this community post-Christian then did not understand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there would have needed to be a lot of back work to fill in what those words meant. So he kind of assumed some level of Christian vocabulary in yeah, his yeah. sermon true. to what people were supposed to not be Christian. Right. And so it was just a cultural clash. It right. just, and his father uh, could do that because at the time when his father was preaching, everyone had that language and, and, yeah. and no one or very few people have it now. So, so, but it was, you know, he, I liked, I liked Franklin Graham. I yeah, it was. But the other thing was really getting to revivalism. And then the other thing that was really disturbing to me, I remember the, the, the we had the Thursday morning, pastor's prayer breakfast which i was going to at the time and th this was this was the moment I mean, getting getting franklin graham to come here those guys had been praying for revival for decades yeah. before i joined it and they did they really believed that this was this was gonna this was kick the, it off this was god's answer to their prayers yeah and i felt bad for that because you know I, I didn't i didn't know i, I didn't know if god, what god was gonna do but i mean i did i did feel like oh my goodness i hope this really is what <clears throat> what they it wasn't though what they think okay so then it really the did time, not yeah. it did not it was like okay i think somebody who was already in our church came to know the lord so we were really glad yeah, about yeah. that like it, that was great i mean and, so, and i think it was just like a smattering of people and one guy one guy came to our church from the from the they're not yeah. called crusades anymore are they no we can't, we can't call it crusade. A crusade one one guy came to our church who had had a conversion experience um but within a month he fell away yeah right so he, he got he didn't like the idea of <clears throat> not being able to do what he wanted to do sexually so he he fell away and so it was not really a conversion but i can see why he went forward and in his this is this is what i was trying to say a minute ago and i lost my train of thought but we were trained in those classes you and me and some other pastors that when the call to come toward the the stage and and give your life to Jesus was made to go forward. Yeah, so there's <clears throat> so you're, you're priming the pump. Like lots of people yeah. would go, and then that would get and the, the, I, the thinking behind it was not to be deceptive, but but so the someone who might have been you would hesitant. be embarrassed. Yeah, it's not you by yourself. Right. So there's a lot of people who get up and go. Right. But then right. I was down by the front, and everybody that was with me had been <laughs> like in all the class. We were all Christians. Right. <laughs> right. And so it was, I thought it was a super interesting cultural experience. Yeah. Like I was very happy yeah. to do it, but I, I, I was, I didn't quite understand everything. I think that was assumed that was going to happen. And then I think there was a sense of a little bit of disappointment because it didn't, it did not sweep through Binghamton. Right. People were not like, I really want to give my life to the Lord now. 
<laughs> yeah. So, but do you have to like this? There seems to be like an assumption on the part of these things that you know to 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 do that to give your life to the Lord, you have to go forward, or you have to raise your hand, or you have to you have to walk the sawdust trail, or whatever it is. You have to make it, and I, I think it goes back to Romans ten. I, I, I my guess is it goes back to Romans ten, where if you you, it's, you believe in your heart and you say with your mouth. Jesus. Right, you have to do something visible in public so that people will know. Um, Which I'm not, I'm big on this side of like signs and symbols. Like I, I like, yeah. for instance, going forward for the Eucharist is a really public way of saying over and over yeah. again that you. Yeah, so, I mean, for us, Jesus. for Anglicans, like, that, we I'm, have an I'm, altar call every week. Yeah, yeah and, I know it's not as cliche, but that it's true. We do. You go forward. You're confessing. You've already confessed your sins. You're ready to receive Jesus. And you want you yeah. want people to it's you want to do that with people who are also doing that and you're, yeah. you're it's, it's moving it's it's yeah in fact I had a guy on Sunday thing. I mean just just a Sunday said I, I really want to go forward he's not he's he's a new I think he's a new convert as of last week yesterday or <laughs> yeah uh, in our church who's who just started coming about several months ago but now he wants to have communion and he yeah, he didn't know and he didn't he said asked if I could go up and I go man let's get, I didn't even know you were I didn't know you were because we're, we're like as Anglicans we're like why would you want to do that? <laughs> Wait, Jesus, why would you want to believe? Are you sure? You probably don't want to believe. No, <laughs> no, I was really I was we he really he did. So I said, well, let's get you baptized, and um, so hopefully hopefully meet with him this week. But but it's it it I mean I think in his mind going forward for communion is a lot like what. Maybe the Franklin Graham thought people think of going forward to yeah. say the prayer, right? You're, 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 he's in some way that was for him a symbol of, of giving himself. Right. I mean, yeah, or, to, the, or receiving Jesus, right? The right. body need the body and soul both need the action of um, going forward for something. So, yeah, I'm not. I don't want to do that down. I'm just saying. I think people had at least here a lot of assumptions that God had to work in this particular way and it's and the thing is i thought at the time god is working like yeah. it's much smaller and more depressing for sure because we're in the burnt over region we had tons and tons of of revivalists revivalists come through here. come through here and and it it's you know no no one in binghamton like it really is very post-christian people are not looking for you to tell them about jesus so that doesn't mean, though, that God isn't bringing people, um, who isn't saving people here. Right. It's just not on a big scale. It's a lot harder. It, um, it's been a lot more discouraging. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you got to put your head down and do it, and not not feel sad because it's you know it's not 1920 or whatever where masses of people wanted to come here and. Um, throw all their liquor into the Susquehanna. Is that what happened? Well, okay, so we're a practical Bible college, then Davis Bible College, which is now not any college. That was a um, a big sort of fairgrounds that was noted for being, you know, debauched. Oh. You could go and, you know, drink and carouse and do bad things, and there was a Ferris wheel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on the river and um the christians colonized it and you know shut it down and took a seven did practical bible college and it it was really great for a lot of years but like so many things 
it dwindled and then this theology wasn't that awesome and then it closed. And so now it's not anything except the place where I go to teach my children to drive. <laughs> so I don't think that's a natural life cycle to some degree about yeah. how things happen. So, but it doesn't mean that God isn't active in American culture, you know, it's just a different time anyway. Well, but I mean, I think it's okay. So then this gets back to this, this is full circle, right? So that's why people are praying for revival because, because it is, because it is, they don't want it. Christianity seems to be waning in the, in the United States and people are, not listening to the gospel anymore and people in fact think the gospel is evil so so we need if 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 this and i agree with it if this if this if america is going to be salvaged from judgment then there has to be some kind of massive turnaround in that a, a critical number of people have to decide they right. want to be christian right for, yeah right and the question is so how do you do that do you, do you go do you have the big tent rallies do you just invite more people to church do you invite do you just is it all focus on personal evangelism what what yeah so, so i think no so, one, that's no why knows. that's yeah. why i think the asbury thing touched a chord is that you know everything you look around america the united states and it seems like it seems bleak yeah it is that's because it is bleak yeah it's, <laughs> it just seems like dark i'm not it sure seems why really dark. <laughs> it seems well, like we're pitching really fast towards the cliff yeah or yeah. not <laughs> Maybe everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so when the Asbury comes on, everyone's really happy, and I, I totally yeah. understand that. That's... Um, well, do we have any more to say about Asbury? Or are we going to like no, let we, that we go? About twice, <laughs> and if our, our listeners can be bored. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that was other than that? Is there any news of any kind? I feel like we had something to talk about yesterday, and we, we said forgot. let's talk about this. It was uh, okay. I it was um, that person in the rainbow stole saying that we are all God. Oh right, yes. That's what um, the the speaking speaking of in darkness. Um, right, right. When Satan comes to your church and preaches a sermon from Genesis three, right? Only it's this Satan. Could, yeah, and the reason <laughs> we want to talk about it is because it's like just the latest of what you see increasingly on on the more progressive side of things by progressive I read that in scare quotes where where satan is yeah it's actually strangely regressive satan <laughs> is go all the way back to the garden <laughs> where satan is increasingly by being seen as the good guy and eve making the right decision yeah taking the fruit it's just i love it's this. insane it's I crazy love it, but it <laughs> <laughs> well and it goes along with um i think i think it's, it's a at least a tenuous connection if not a an outright connection with with more prominent evangelicals uh, grounding the entire their entire theology in Genesis one and two and you being made in the image of God and just skipping right over Genesis three like we did in our reading yesterday at the church. And no, because it was totally an accident. <laughs> I feel like I should tell that story. I don't want to do down the Anglicans because Anglicans have a lot of really great worship um, tools and things online that help you organize your worship so that it happens the same way every week. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. been bigly important for us. <laughs> so there's, we have this wonderful website called word to worship and somebody has painstakingly gone through. It's amazing. Put in all the readings for every Sunday. And then at the uh, underneath the readings, which are listed, there's a little link you can click that says read 
yeah. all the readings and it takes you to Bible Gateway and they're all in one document. Right. So you can just print, you can just copy, paste, print, you're done. Yeah. And then you read the Bible in church and it's like super easy and um, fantastic. Right. Okay. So, well, anyway, the readings yesterday were really awkward because we wanted to have the fall but we also didn't want to read three chapters of Genesis because we had to get to the gospel and the epistle. Well, whoever put it in, um, God bless them, added a dash. <laughs> and so instead of going from the end of Genesis 2, one verse, the end of Genesis 2, and then into Genesis 3, 1 through 7, and then ver verse 25, it went from Genesis 2... I think it was skipped, chapter 25. Skipped Genesis 3, which is what we wanted to read, and then picked up... In Genesis 25, I think. In 20, 25. And then there were like Two pages and pages and pages <laughs> of, names. of Abraham having children with Keturah after the death of Sarah, which, you know, all scripture is God-breathed and yeah. useful for teaching and rebuke and encouragement. Uh, but the readings were sort of carefully yeah. calibrated to have the fall and then Jesus doing down Satan and Matthew, but we didn't hear the fall. So it's just Abraham and Keturah. And then the gospel was like, and now Jesus is in the wilderness. These of course have lots to do with each other. It's a little harder of a stretch to figure out their connection, but the person who was reading was a valiant valiantly reader. went on through these names until you started making to, a I cut where you were like stop <laughs> anyway i think it's one of the best things that's ever happened in church and i'm as they say here for it too except bad that, not enough people were there to see it but <laughs> it's only the video except for the video. the video yeah so i'm uh that, that that was a that was a major tangent <laughs> from what we're talking about, but it was a fun. It was good. Yeah, it was really wonderful time for all of us who went to church yesterday. <laughs> so, what happened in our church yesterday is maybe metaphorical for what. Yeah, yeah, for what's, what, happening, for what's happening in, in progressivism, in progressivism, and evangelicalism, which is where you skip right over thir chapter three. Yeah, yeah, you literally skip it <laughs> and then start reading something <laughs> of which you know not, you don't understand it, and you're like. Well, that's why you get to hold on to your Imago Day, my Imago Day, my Imago Day, or you get to have your... So mm. I feel like, um, I think that it is J.D. Koch that said this, but many people read the Bible as if they're Amelia Bedelia. And I think that... You need to explain what that means. Imago Day's talk is is born out of a, of a committed Amelia Bedelia reading of the Bible, which is that you purposefully misunderstand. Mm. So when the her Amelia Bedelia's boss says draw the drapes instead of pulling pulling them back or <laughs> or closing them Amelia Bedelia draws a picture of the drapes <laughs> or um you know I can't remember that any there's a lot of little funny things like that where English could be taken either way and you have to have the context to understand what's being said well Genesis 1, 2, and 3 is read by, I don't know, people like Beth Allison Barr, determinedly to, to make it as incomprehensible as possible. And um, and then, so you you say, oh, we're made in the image of that, you can understand. We're made in the image of God. We're made in the image of God. And then you get to Genesis 3, where Adam and Eve do down God, 
and suddenly you can't understand the text at all. Right. It's like completely right. incomprehensible and I don't even understand what's going on. And The image has been destroyed and effaced by sin. And so we are made in God's image. And that's, that's definitely certain, certainly worth something to that. That is the ground of our value, of course, but, but it's, but I think it's being held onto like a special treasure like it's it's gone from i'm made in the image of god to i'm, I'm literally god <laughs> well I, that's what this guy, I, said. This guy says right? but i think even in the more and more moderate evangelical circles the the the, 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 the doing down of our fallenness the the, the de-emphasis on our wickedness we're no longer you know I, I love the 1662 prayer book daily confession where we're you know <clears throat> there's no health in us yeah, it's like the, the, the 1919, I'm sorry, 2019 version has, apart from your grace, there's no health in us. 1662 just says, there's no health in us. And then we're miserable offenders. And the point of that is, even after conversion, right, even, even, even after justification, there is no health in us. It's not us. It's the, the health that, it, that is, is, is given to us is given to us from, from beyond us. In our flesh, there's nothing good. Um, so, so even though it's our flesh is was made in the image of God, there's nothing to cling to there as any kind of self-justification. It really, this is maybe really too mean, mm -hmm. but anytime somebody start now starts talking about Imago Day, and I felt like this, watching this video of this guy, you know, who ends, God is gay, God is trans. It feels like when you're talking about Imago Day like that, you're, you sound like Gollum. Like, yeah. I'm made in the image of God. I'm this precious, image, my, my precious, precious image. my precious image, my precious image. And you're like, that's grotesque. Like, <laughs> you don't have to, it's my birthday. It's, I'm so precious. No, you're, you're like in a dark cave. Yeah. Eating. You know, it reminds me of like, okay, so, you, so I said, <clears throat> so, that, so you'll say somebody, okay, this is, you're headed down the wrong road. You're doing something wrong. This is terrible. Or you said something that's heretical and you need to repent or yeah you can't say this on my you can't post this heretical thing on the facebook group that i run and you'll get back the response is like i'm made in the image of god <laughs> I, okay but you still can't post your, <laughs> your heresy on my on our uh, it's 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 weird it's just a weird thing like like that absolves every intention of your heart and gives you and gives you license to do as you please because you're made in the image of god or say there's just so many people were made in the image of God, like all of them. Hitler and there's was made just, in the image of God. <laughs> a lot of people who you're like, Whole pot. I don't want Stalin. you to do that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> a Mongo Day, quote unquote. But it's hard to see it underneath all the layers yeah. of crusted sin. So maybe we don't start there. Right. You know, we or certainly we don't end there. Right. Right. But that's, that's, is starting in any, any point for a lot of thought right now. And it's, it's a, to, uh, not a good thing. So we should probably play the. Are play you going to play it? Yeah, just if you if you are looking for something to follow on Twitter and you don't already follow this guy, you should follow the woke preacher clips guy. Is that where he? I didn't get it from him. Oh, I got it from him. Oh, okay. Because because he if you he's like the theological version of the of the libs of TikTok. He just brings out what people are saying. And that, that's why people get mad at him because he's just he just plays what they're what they're doing, but you're not supposed to notice. Notice exactly. Is a sin. <laughs> um, so let me let me find it. Meanwhile, so we don't have dead air. Why don't you talk, why don't you say something <laughs> about? Why don't you just talk? Well, I 
you never have a problem just talking. That's, that's really that's really mean. <laughs> I've noticed this in our relationship that you never have an issue just starting to talk. And I mean, now you've completely baffled me, and I have nothing to say. <laughs> Pretend like I'm reading a book, <laughs> <laughs> and then talk. That's horrible. <laughs> that's what happens to me all the time with our children. I pick up a book. That's why I don't read anymore. Because as soon as I pick up a book, it's a sign um, for everyone to speak. That's what you're trying to be like um, C.S. Lewis with Mrs. Dimble, who says, um, women speaking helps men concentrate on their reading. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It does. It's it, it doesn't help me concentrate. That's why I'm not a man. People talking just makes it impossible for me to read. And, and I become resentful and angry. My o Imago Day is sad. I think if you could refer to yourself. Oh, yeah, that's a great. Like, can... My Imago Day is sad right now. <laughs> it's sad. <laughs> you made my Imago Day sad. <laughs> that's great. I like that. Because... You should be able to refer to yourself in the third person anyway. Yeah. Like, that's something that we just don't do enough of in this world right now. And so I think it would be really great if we, you can't find it. Can you? Oh, okay. All right. Matthew doesn't like it when you, you <laughs> Matthew's doubt me. Matthew's in Marco <laughs> Day. Matthew. 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 <laughs> Matthew's in Marco Day. <laughs> it's sad. Okay. Right. Okay. We're now just entertaining ourselves and no one else. So we should. <laughs> okay. Play, play the clip. Hold on. Let me get, oh, why is it not? I gotta and rewind it. This is I love the God tone of his voice. Is gay. God is a lesbian. God is trans. God is gender non-binary. God is straight. God is cisgender. God is black. God is white. God is Middle Eastern. God is Asian. God is differently abled mentally and physically. God is able-bodied. God is you. And you are God because you are a reflection of God's divine image. God, I love that God is differently abled mentally and physically. I mean, like, uh, no, he no, he's he not. has not a body like men, so he's not. Yeah, I mean, he did trim. take on a body. He wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't. That he wasn't mentally uh, differently abled. Right. Right. But but see, but that's based on the fact that you're you are a, you're the image of God. Yeah. So, whatever you are. Yeah. Is God's image like doesn't matter? So she did just a massive leapfrog over Genesis three. There's there's literally no sinners ever anywhere. And so anything you choose to do is also what God chooses to do. It's it seems like I don't know. Bear with me here. There's a lot of category errors too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even before you get to the um, skipping over Genesis three, I feel like it's possible within the human mind to have different categories of things like well maybe god is one category and i as a human being are in a separate and different category even if there's some yeah like sort of i made his image but that doesn't mean that, that doesn't mean I'm i god. am god or that god is me but i but no there's it a does distinction there yeah. there's a little <laughs> distinction like no there's not we're literally the same. We're literally and, and the, and they're like, the except same. Except, I mean, the one person in the Bible who says there there doesn't have to be is is Satan. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I love, I love you know you go to church, you're there, you're in your pew, and then 
somebody stands up for the sermon and it turns out like that <laughs> it's Satan. Satan. <laughs> Satan has come to church. He's behind the pulpit. I just He's wearing that. his rainbow color. I mean, you went to the Grammys or whatever because you wanted to see Satan dance around in hot pants or whatever. But, <laughs> <laughs> but then when you went to church, you were probably like, I don't know. I don't, you know. <laughs> but then I can't. So, so there's so much here. I mean, so not only skipping over the, uh, the amount of day, but also like I love, I love the um, unquestioned, un, uncomplicated uh, adoption of queer theory <laughs> categories, as if that's part of your inherent person, right? Right. So you are, you are you cis? Are you trans? Are you lesbian? Like that? Okay, we're just we're just now. That's the science. This is who people are. They're they're definitely defined by their sex, who they want to have sex with. That's that's that identifies your. And there's no. Like we can't have a conversation about that. Nope. God. Nope. I'm sorry. It's just gonna keep going. God. <laughs> I. Yeah. There's. I mean, this feels to me the Episcopalians a long time used ago used to say, you know, if you come here, you don't have to check your brain at the door. Yeah. Or leave your brain at the door. This feels to me so propagandistic. Like this person just woke up. You know flipped open his phone to figure out what he was supposed to um, believe for the day and then like stood up and recited, you know, <laughs> the Twitter creed without thinking about it too much. Whereas, you know, because there's a lot of big concepts here. The yeah. nature of God. The, some stuff from the Bible. <laughs> this is an ideal time for me to be a Christian because I have a hard I have a hard time reading big, thick theology books. Right. I don't even have to do that. Like I can just read Genesis three. Right. Oh, oh, yeah, yes, yes. yes. And I don't even mm. have to think about it a lot to understand who the bad guy in the text is and who's the good guy. Like, it's possible to read the Bible without a theology degree and see who's good and who's bad. So if you've read Genesis three and you think that Satan is good, like. The, like Glennon Doyle, who thinks yeah. that, that he, you have a comprehension made a real good decision. Like she should, she was, she was reaching for the light, and she was trying to be illumined to know good and evil. And God, mm -hmm. God, was trying to stamp her down. <laughs> she's like taking the, she's, yeah, she's, she's taking the serpent's argument. And so it's good. And the same, there's another guy out there. What's his name? Robertson. I think we mentioned him last time, but he's doing the same thing. He's he's out there preaching that that. Satan was just trying to help Eve become more of an illumined person, and and that and that God and Jesus in the New Testament somehow takes her side against God when he says that we need to all repent, which it means for him of your having a new mind, having a greater mind, an open mind, heteronormativity. Right. That's yeah. what you have to repent. Well, that too, but I mean, you have to have an open mind. That's what Jesus says when he had. Repentance doesn't mean turning from your sins and, and trusting in Jesus. It means op having an open mind to gayness. That's apparently, I guess, what it means. Or to your own godness, I guess. Your own godness. Yeah. Your godness. Right. Your Imago Day. <clears throat> I mean, I just think it shouldn't be that hard to back away from that before the earth opens up and you get swallowed <laughs> if you're if you're wondering what your visceral reaction should be to something like that it's it's should be revulsion 
if you happen to accidentally go into a church like that and that's what they were saying like you should just get up and walk out before something bad you really can't be sure that the ceiling won't crush in and yeah so get out as fast as you possibly can you know we didn't talk about as we're doing our show prep on the on air is the church of england also deciding they decided to change god's pronouns to so that he's not wait did they do that they, I, I think I, either, it's, either it's either pass and vote or the, the next iteration of their <clears throat> modern language prayer book is going to have less masculine pronouns for god that's really and there's literally signs that look on I, there's literally signs out there on progressive churches now saying god's pronouns are they them no, no, they're not. What do you just decide not to listen to him? He said it's clear in the Bible. He's re- he's referred to as he overwhelmingly. I mean, the, the Holy Spirit sometimes has a, has a neuter pronoun, but there's not there's not a she. And and the but but in one place. God is likened to a hen gathering oh, her mother right. chicks. So now we call him. And right, so because right. of this one place, this one image, this metaphor, that means that God is a she some of the time, which means he's non they're non they are non binary. God. <laughs> God's God self. self is non binary. That's that's the argument for sure. Yeah, so so the the Truth is, of course, that ontologically God is not, he's, he's, he, he, we are made in his image, both male and female. So there's aspects of his character and nature um, that we reflect as both male and female. That's no, not a, no, no one's disputing that. The question is, how do you address him? Right? Like what, in what, what, what manner has he revealed to us as his creatures that he would have us approach him? And and that manner, in all the prayers, all the psalms, all the the root you see is approach him as father, as as, as in the masculine sense. Um, so when Jesus, as a man, says, "How I would love to have gathered your uh, gather you in my arms as a hen gathers her chicks," he's not he's not there saying, "And this is your license to call me mother." He's 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 using a very nurturing way of thinking about. Jerusalem, because he does have, yeah. Again, women are made in his image. It's not, it's not, there's nothing wrong about him saying using that metaphor for his own care for the people. Paul uses a metaphor like that when he talks about uh, when he writes to the Thessalonians in First Thessalonians, and he says, "I was like a, I was like a nursing mother among you." Mm-hmm. Paul doesn't mean I'm, a, I'm really a woman in a man's body. Call me she. I mean, that's exactly <laughs> that's mother. that's Amelia Bedelia <laughs> right, right there. Right, right, yeah. If he says I'm, a, I'm like you. You break the text. You you are unwilling to countenance a metaphor, right? Right. Not literally no metaphor. Literally no metaphor <laughs> that you're not going to break apart and say Paul is actually in a woman's body, and he just does. Well, this is why God like, is actually trans. Yeah, because <laughs> if if Jesus as a man uses feminine metaphors for himself, it must be that he's really a, he's also a woman. And isn't because that the argument of the, the book you're reading? Language means nothing. Yeah, like the book the book that you're reading is something like, um, yes, Jesus took on a male body, but his humanity was taken from Mary. 
So that means he's also a woman. He did. I don't think this that person says? says that. I haven't read it. I haven't read barely any of it. Okay. Uh, but I don't think she's going to say that he's trans, but she is going to like. Well, that's why it's appropriate to, that... to use female pronouns, right? Because he's, he's a woman too. I haven't read the book. Okay. He's a woman too. Is it really? Is that what I mean, people no, are she saying? Takes his, he takes his humanity from Mary and not from any human male. So. I, that's just so many. That's so many things. Like, where do you even begin to start to say? It's possible for all of human history for people to understand what was going on in the incarnation. Yeah. And that God, okay, obviously we cannot understand the Trinity in a human sense, mm -hmm, but yeah. we can have language that helps us get a sort of a grasp of what right. we're talking about. But now in 2023, None of this makes any sense. Right. Except that we know that Satan was right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's just, it's, it's, this is what happens when you take a, a philosophy or an ideology out from, the, from outside the scriptures and then, just, and then wed yourself to it. And then you have to go back into the Bible and fix it and make it say what you want it to say. Yeah. And you, you then, then suddenly you find new things, right? You find, oh, I didn't, I didn't God know God's a, God's a woman. I didn't know that. Um, right. Because it could, because you're, you, the controlling hermeneutic then is not the text itself, but the ideology that you've taken. But then when somebody like me comes along and says, no, that that's, that's irrational. I'm the baddie. Like people who then try to say, no, you can't read it like that. You're the, you're literally, literally right. Hitler. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you need to read some children's books and learn how to read a book again. Yeah. And then Maybe do take a Bible degree, right? Where if somebody tells you what the Bible means, just for right. a year, right? This is the problem with like feminist readings and and liberation theology readings and whatever different kinds of readings of the text is because you're you're you've, even ad adopting even taking the step of doing that to the scriptures before you even uh, come to any kind of conclusions about what they're saying is is automatically to say, um, well. Uh, yeah, a different lens will give you a different meaning of of the text. When God had a meaning when he when he when he put this forward, when he put the Bible forward, That's and a really strange way of saying it. What revealed? When he put the Bible forward. Whatever he did, he, he inspired it. Whatever he, God had a meaning, and so and so the text itself is the core. And when and 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 we don't take our pet ideologies and try and figure out a way that they can be read into the read into the text itself. That's, no, no, you, we do. That's, we do. <laughs> that's the only thing that we do now. This is our only, that's the only tool we have in our box. Well, that's, it's it, the, it, it, what happens when you do it though, is it, it, just, it completely distorts what actually is there. It, it, so now you have God as revolutionary or Jesus as, as trans woman or, um, or the, the, the salvation being found only in liberating the captives in a sense, a literal sense, like this with liberation. Though. I mean, it, that's only, uh, you you usually tend to immunitize yes. soteriology so that it's not about your being saved from your sins by the work of Jesus. It's about um, you saving other people from oppression defined by various ideologies. Aesthetically, it's it's grotesque. Like, 
if you if you're gonna really stand up and say or even posit the idea that God is trans a trans woman <laughs> <laughs> or that Paul is a man a woman trapped in a man's body <laughs> that's that's inelegant at the very okay least. it's also it's theologically very, it's ugly it also distorts the gospel because why was why was Jesus a man? Why did he take on human flesh in the form of a man? What was the purpose of that? Because he was um, confused <laughs> and also possibly <laughs> bigoted, and he needed the Syrophoenician woman to come and tell him not to <laughs> be so racist. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, You're hurting Matt Semeca Day right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like. My Imago Day is crying, <laughs> it's weeping. Okay, go. Um, but the, no, but because yeah, because he he's he's the reason is because because of the bride of Christ being the church, and so it goes back to the reason God made marriage in the first place to to depict the union between Christ and His church in in the male female bond. So Jesus had to be God had to become incarnate as a man to wed himself to his people, to his church, to his church. That's the whole, that's the imagery there. So if he's not a man, if he's a trans man, or if he's like a woman man, then, then you have really, you, then you've just produced confusion. The, the, the Bible doesn't, so all of the marriage language that is associated with salvation throughout the Old Testament, where, God, where Yahweh becomes Israel's bride, uh, husband and um, in the New Testament, when Jesus becomes uh, the bride of the, uh, the husband of the church, all that's ruined. Not, well, it is ruined. Yeah, I mean, when yeah. you look at people trying to read the Bible, you you do see this like massive pile of confusion. Nobody, right. maybe people are genuinely baffled by the text, and they're like searching around trying to find, understand what their gender studies degree told them right. to find gender in the Bible, and um, you know, well, yeah, there's like oh, there is an immense amount of gendered language in the Bible. There's a lot of stuff going on with men and women. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And none of it makes any sense to anyone. Like, there's no overarching n narrative theme that yeah. you could possibly understand. And then you go and you look at people's actual marriages or the way that men and women might sort of more comfortably relate to each other, and you think that's bad. Like, you're sort of – you've got a hammer and you're just bashing at everything <laughs> in the world. <laughs> And you're sort of helpless and surprised when people are upset with you. Yeah. I mean, you're you're like, right. I don't understand why everybody is on Twitter is mad at me. Well, because you're, you're, I mean, in the same way that you would feel rage if you told someone to, you hired someone to draw your, to clean your living room and including dusting your furniture, which means get the dust off, not apply talcum powder, powder to your <laughs> furniture, and then draw the drapes, close them instead of drawing a picture of them. You come in and you're baffled and enraged because somebody's destroyed your living room. And that's how people feel when they, yeah. and, and they should feel that way when somebody decides to do gender, uh, their gender studies degree on the text. Yeah. Like, and then say that Satan was the good guy. You know, you should feel <laughs> You should great. feel bad. You should you feel should bad. Feel, you're yeah. a Mago Day. You should cry. <laughs> 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 and, 
And then when that person's like, I don't understand why you're so angry. Well, this is, well, well this yeah, is like, should, yeah. Yeah. So okay, we, okay, I guess okay. you don't understand why. Are, Cause you're. Here we are back at the normal trope that we're, we're going to have. So this is, <laughs> this is why. Get ready for it. Uh, Chris and Dume. <laughs> Beth Allison Barr were had so much negative re- response because they're they're saying, "Oh, we're just historians writing." No, you're not. No, you're not. You're you're you're, you're reading a particular ideology into history, and you're and you're in the Bible and the Bible and, ca- and like Calvinism right, and, and or you're, whatever. And you're slandering whole swaths of people by your ideology with your ideology, and then yeah, people don't like that, so they get upset with you, and then that doesn't mean they're coming after you or hurting you. Or being mean to you it just means that that's that's what happens when you slander lots of people. Their imago days are sad. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, maybe we've all, we've almost gone fifty minutes. I know. I think we what? should end with um, just a verse from John from the Passion. Here, this will make our reader happy because he's been upset that we haven't had John Eternal Love. Um, let's see. Um, I feel like there's got to be something I obviously should have prepared this beforehand. (laughs) Okay. Jesus prophesies about the Holy Spirit in John 14. Just a couple of verses here. Uh, Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another savior, savior, the Holy Spirit of truth. Wait, wait, wait. Loving me empowers you to do it? Yeah, to obey my commands. Isn't the text like, if you love me, you'll obey my commands? Yeah, that obviously means that your love for Jesus is an empowering act, an empowering obedience uh, channel for the universe. Okay. Your frequency of love aligns with the universe of God, frequency. and, and <laughs> I'm sure frequencies are involved somewhere. In brings this. obedience mm-hmm. or something. I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of Truth, Wait, who will be to you a friend just like me, and He will never leave you. Wow, this is one of the words. This is one of the. <laughs> the world is... won't receive Him because they can't see Him or know Him, but you will know him intimately because he will make his home in you and will live inside you. I mean, that's okay. But the, but the part about love empowering and then, yeah, that's really and great. Then the, and then another, I'm really baffled by that. Savior. <laughs> savior. Cause that, the, the text doesn't say that. No, it doesn't say he's there's another big, savior. He's an advocate. There's a big note here though. Oh, oh. oh he's, what do you say? Um, so I know this was like downloaded into his brain, but there's a note about translation issues. So the helper is actually kind of like a savior, it looks like, because helping is like saving. So it's basically the same thing. The, <laughs> the word is paraclete. Yeah. And that means advocate or um, it doesn't mean, I mean, there's soter is a, is a Greek root for salvation. And that's, he's, he's, he's not called that. He's called mm-hmm. paraclete, which is when it comes alongside you and defends you, protects you. Comforts mm-hmm. you, all those kinds of things. Yeah, I think this note says that that's not true. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's really tiny. I can't read it. Well, we should. So, I'm sure we've now bored our. We didn't give it. We should have read a longer section from the Passion. We yeah, we need to prepare a uh, Passion reading right, in advance, right? Instead of waiting for a download from God, 
about what it's going to be. So, well, anyway, thank you so much for listening and maybe we'll be back next week.